tube and closes its lid. He spends a further twenty minutes meticulously examining the bed, the pillows, the chair, the floor for any other evidence. The drug dilates his pupils and opens his eyes. His concentration is total and unblinking. The sound of a TV resonates up through the floor, his foot tapping involuntarily along. He finds a number of blonde hairs, all of which he ignores. They have been very careful, he decides. The carpet has been hoovered, the pillowcases changed, the chair repositioned. Through a partitioned wall comes the noise of a baby waking, tentative, exploratory gurgles clutching for attention. Reuben Maitland realizes he has got to get out in a hurry. He leaves the bedroom and sheds his gloves, balling them into a pocket. Peering over the banister, he can just make out a childminder talking on the phone, watching TV, a magazine open on her lap. He notes a baby monitor on one of the sofa arms. Outside the infant's room, he pauses, quickly weighing up his options. At eye level, animal letters spell out the name Joshua on the door. He tries the handle and pushes it open. Inside the nursery, a baby stares up, dummy out, mouth agape, oval in the way of six-month-olds. Reuben replaces the dummy and turns off the monitor. As he looks at the child, he is trying to forget twenty years of genetic training. The opaque blueness of its eyes, the wispy brownness of its hair, the blank features waiting to bud. Too young to tell, maybe, but there are other ways. The infant starts to grizzle, so Reuben bends down and picks it up. He feels a flood of warmth seep into his speed-hardened muscles, the baby radiating unknowing love like a hot water bottle. But leaking through are words and images and implications that Reuben is fighting to suppress. He tries to stop the ant's nest of suspicion in his brain, forming itself into an army of logic. Tell me, he whispers, reading the child's features. The shape of his ears, the width of his nose, the tinge of his eyebrows, the length of his chin all talk to him, but the words are muffled. Tell me, Reuben urges. Joshua gripes and complains. Not without your solicitor, eh? The baby stares over Reuben's shoulder and through the window. Reuben sees the change in the infant's expression and follows its line of sight. Outside, a car has pulled into the drive. Fuck, he says. A dark-haired woman is sliding herself out of the driver's seat. She is pretty, but looks hassled, carrying a stack of folders. Reuben has to escape, and fast. He scans the room, making sure he has left no contaminating evidence. He replaces the child in its cot and takes out his mobile, pressing an instant dial button. The front door echoes to the sound of rattling keys. Reuben misses a breath. Then the rattling stops. He hangs up and glances over the banister. The childminder is busy ending her conversation and is rushing to turn off the TV. Reuben walks quickly down the stairs carrying his case. He dials another number as he does so, and the childminder changes direction and heads off to answer it. There are keys in the lock again.
Reuben darts along the main corridor in the opposite direction, making for the back door. He hears the baby begin to cry. The woman enters, calls the childminder's name, and both of them ascend the stairs in mutual concern. He hears a brief conversation. How's he been? Great. Have you fed him yet? He's just woken. Reuben changes his mind. He turns and creeps towards the front door, which he is able to open and close silently. Suspecting that he can be seen from the nursery, he edges to the side of the house, steps over the neighboring fence, and makes his way across the gardens of two more semis before reaching the road. His car is parked a couple of streets away. He places the case on the seat beside him and drives to the lab, focusing through the North London traffic, sweating from the close scrape, the air conditioner struggling to cool his car. All around, vehicles...